Welcome, apprentices and acolytes, and I hear the whispers that people think George Lucas's trilogy is gonna happen. I don't think so. Let me tell you why. Ready up. Ready up. My destiny. Welcome, apprentices and acolytes. It's so good to see you, you know. It's unlocked the knowledge coming around the entire galaxy, fam. And you know, when you want to hear some Star Wars talk, just come on into the Dark Temple, visited by Mera Jade, Luke Skywalker, and Kyle Katarn, and so many of the Force sensitives like yourself. I am Lord Dagavir, and fam. So, first things first. Uh, I, you know, I've heard the, I've heard the the whispers and the rumors about. Uh, it's not even really rumors because I believe it's actually in the Star Wars archives. Uh, was it by Paul Duncan, I think his name is, and I haven't uh, been able to purchase these. I think they're very expensive. I think they go on episode and then also trilogy, so I think it's like the original trilogy, and there's also the prequel trilogy where they have just a huge uh, archive, essentially. These these books have, have a plethora of knowledge uh, that are incredible. It goes from like what the character was supposed to be, like the original intent of the scripts, and so many revisions. There's so much stuff in there, and, and nerds like me just literally like uh they were like just think about the the idea of having all that access to that knowledge and it's out there you can get them and I've, I've always wanted to get them i'll probably obtain them over you know the next few years or so the next decade i'll probably try to get some um and one of the things i believe that was talked about is actually george lucas's sequel trilogy about uh, Darth, uh, Darth Nihilus, sorry, not Darth Nihilus, Jesus, uh, Darth Talon and Darth Maul, uh, rising to power in the end, and, uh, basically, Darth Maul has a crime syndicate, and Darth Talon is basically his apprentice, and, you know, there's a lot of, like, really cool aspects of it, but the one thing that's always kind of stuck out to me the most is the fact that Darth Maul is dead, right? And Darth Maul could have been a, a, a massive villain or anti-hero going forward and he basically was in rebels but i think the way that his ending you know his ending ended in his story and it was beautiful and i don't think it should be touched but i also think that is also as great as that story is that is also the conflict that you have with very important storylines being told with animation and you can clearly see now the difference right the difference of how many uh fans right the the wider fan base watches live action instead of animation and that's because you know it's just the it's just the idea that cartoons are meant for kids and we live in an age now where a lot of cartoons grow with a generation they grow with uh, you know they grow with the children that become teenagers and the teenagers become adults you know or grown man children like myself so yeah i mean it's it's very easy for people like myself to want to watch animation especially animation that's like the star wars the old republic the you know the knights of the old republic uh video game and mmo stuff like those trailers from blur and star wars the old republic are phenomenal and, and i i hope one day we get versions of that going forward because I love what Bad Batch has done, I love what Clone Wars has done, I love the animation, I love Star Wars Visions, you know I love Star Wars Visions. Uh, but I would like to see another version of that to where we can probably get to a point where both casual fans and hardcore fans come together and have a little bit more open-mindedness to watch something like that. And when the reason why I'm talking about the animation is because there's so many people 
that have no idea that Darth Maul is dead, right? And it's funny because in The Phantom Menace, he died, but even when I watch the way that he dies in The Phantom Menace, like, the dude is still moving as he's falling, so you don't necessarily see him die. And uh, Darth Maul, I feel like, has always been a great example of how Sith and their hatred can allow them to live. And it's actually a pretty great inspiration from, or even maybe what you want to say, a tribute or an ode to Night's Steel Republic 2 character, Darth Sion, who was just literally too angry to die. That was his, that was, that was his thing, you know, his spiel, his, his, um, his innate ability that no one else had was his body was being held together by the literal dark side because he was just so damn pissed off at everybody. And that was so intriguing as a character because how do you kill someone that just doesn't want to die? You have to talk them into dying. And that's how that character dies, and which I think is also beautiful. So please do your homework and go play Night Steel Republic 2. I still think it's one of the most underappreciated games of all time. I love it more than the, the first KOTOR because of the characters that are in that game. So please go ahead and watch that uh, and play that. But... Darth Maul, all right, and I, I don't think Darth Maul's coming back. I don't think Darth Maul's ever coming back. I don't think that George Lucas's sequel trilogy is happening. I don't think it can happen carbon copy verbatim, but I do see an opportunity where pieces of George Lucas's trilogy can come to reality, and you see a little bit of that now with Ahsoka. And that's something that I feel like a lot of fans, including the fans that are very, uh, that have very strong opinions about the sequel trilogy, negative opinions, is because they're so fixated on the stuff that came before. And what I mean by the stuff that came before is, you know, Heir to the Empire. You know, what they say is the real sequel trilogy. And it's not really the real sequel trilogy, bro. And you know, it's, it's not, but you know, that's, that's a conversation for the day. Anyway, they're fan it's a fantastic story. It's an amazing book series, uh, incredible, incredible characters, man. Some of the most popular uh, that we've ever had. And now you're seeing them now in Ahsoka, in live action, it's, it's happening and a version of that story, of the original story that came after the original trilogy, is now happening. And I think that it's very possible that you can get a version of that. For instance, Darth Talon and the criminal underworld, you know? And I think when you watch The Mandalorian, there's a lot going on, especially when it comes to like bounty hunters and the bounty hunter guild and the criminal underworld. You see that there is more huts out there, especially like, dude, like the huts specifically I feel like are one of the more compelling races in Star Wars and I really think they need movies they need more media because the book of Boba Fett that's the one thing the book of Boba Fett in my opinion uh struggled with the most I like book of Boba Fett okay I'm sorry I I, I, I like it a lot I love it way more than Kenobi um but I don't love it as much as say uh Andor Ahsoka you know Mandalorian season one and two uh, Star Wars Visions, it's, you know, it's kind of like mid-tier, just a little bit above mid-tier for me. I, I, I do enjoy Boba Fett, uh, Book of Boba Fett, and I feel like if they ever need to do a Book of Boba Fett 2, which I think they should, I, I really do, okay, because there's just so much that we missed out on in the first, the first season, get more into the criminal underworld. Like, talk about Hut Space. Talk about how ancient Hut Space are. Talk about how ancient the huts are and how long they live, how durable they are. Because the only time we've really seen huts is, you know, Jabba the Hut, and of course we got a little bit of that in Book of Boba with with the twins and uh, or the brother and sister. And I think it's hilarious 
how, how you know how they're kind of seen as these fat, overweight, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's a gluttonous uh, creatures. And I, I would love to see different versions of them because if you know the expanded universe, you understand how lethal and terrifying huts can be, especially if they're trained in combat. I mean, it's almost impossible to kill these things. Uh, so I, I want to see more of that. I want to see more of the huts, specifically in how crazy the criminal underworld can be, because it is a mafia. And you see a lot of that in Clone Wars, you, you understand a lot of that stuff. But there's elements of the Star Wars universe that I feel like we're not really touching base with yet, even though we've gotten so much more in the past couple of years because of the media that we're getting. But there's still so much out there. We only, after how many years? What is, is it 40, 50 plus years now? 50, 40 plus years now, we finally dipped into another galaxy in Star Wars. Just one other galaxy, and one planet into that one other galaxy. So, what, you, what, you try, what I'm trying to say here, as I stutter over my words, is that there's so much more out there for Star Wars just than what we've seen. And when you think about George Lucas and his idea for the sequel trilogy, yes, absolutely. I would love to see a criminal underworld rise to power, or at the very least, uh, rival and combat the New Republic, you know, things like that. And I, and I think that it's so possible for that to happen, especially someone like Darth Talon, a Twi'lek, right? A Twi'lek Sith Lord, and especially the type that she is. And it's so, I don't know if George Lucas just really enjoyed black and red, you know? And because, you know, Darth Maul is black and red, and then Darth Talon is black and red, which is very interesting to see a Twilight, because uh, we don't really get to see so many different variants of these aliens. And uh, I, I just love the idea of someone like Darth Talon being canonized into Disney canon. I wonder how they're going to even try to make a character like her, because she is extremely over-sexualized in the, in the EU. Like, she literally just has a top and a bottom, and that's it, and then she's got a lightsaber. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm very, very curious how they're gonna go forward with a character like that. But the idea of this is, is, you know, we're looking at Heir to the Empire. And the version of Heir to the Empire that we're getting now. You know, is there Mara Jade? Is there a clone of Luke Skywalker? Is there Sabaoth? You know, there's so many elements of this Heir to the Empire trilogy that we don't know if we're going to get, but we're getting a version of that. And don't even get me started on the force, the force canceling lizards that Thrawn has, you know? So there's versions, and, there, and there's things like that where it's very possible that we can get something like that, you know? And you think about the Night Sisters, and everyone's always like, oh, they can, they can resurrect. No, 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 no. I, I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've seen the Night Sisters resurrect anybody that isn't a night sister i've seen them help and refragment a broken darth mole i've seen them augment augment a living zabrik in in savage press i've even seen them augment you know morgan elsbeth and ventress who are both night sisters so I wonder if there are limitations to how exactly their their powers work, and depending on the race um, or the species of the you know the the conduits or the people that they're trying to amplify. Uh, and I I don't see them literally snapping their fingers and bringing bar bringing back Darth Maul from nothing into mist into flesh and bone and and someone that's living. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that is anti-Star Wars. I think that Star Wars has always been 
uh, has, has been wise when it uses the force in witty and, and smart ways. And I don't think, I think that is a very, uh, like it's a very cr uh, less creative way than what we saw in Ahsoka. I thought Ahsoka was, was, was very, very smart, the way they uh, used the night troopers uh, literally as night sisters and resurrected them from, from the dead. I thought that was the, the perfect way to use them. They weren't real zombies, but they were they were real enough to the point that they even had limits, you know? And I love that too, because that also goes back to the Clone Wars animated series. The same exact rules applied to the Ahsoka series. The same exact rules. They died the same way. They lived the same way. They fought the same way. I thought it was... It, it thought it was perfect, man. I, I love that finale. I loved Ahsoka so much. There's only a few things that I think that they could have gotten better. Um, but, like, you know, the choreography, which I talked about last time. But I think they're they're on the right path. And I think that's mainly because of Dave Filoni, man. I don't think that Star Wars is a franchise where you can just pick up any director and say, all right, yeah, go, you got this. No, I think that there's a certain type of care that needs to be taken care of. You know, there's a certain, it's very meticulous, but more importantly, caring and understanding and I don't think I think 90% of the people out there don't have that because they just like a certain version of Star Wars or like a certain episode or like one thing and you know that's all that that's the I think that's the reason why Star Wars isn't really done right with certain majority of the directors you know John Favreau got it he understood it and then on top of that he was helped and coached in a certain way by Dave Filoni, you know? And I think that uh, after so much stuff has happened, that's how you understand that. And I think when you come to all this understanding, something like reviving Darth Maul from the dead, I just feel like is improbable. That's not a way that it works. Even if you bring World Between Worlds and the, and the Mortis Overlords and Anakin the Chosen One, you throw it all in here, I just, I don't think that is the correct way to apply the Night Sister magic and the laws of, of Star Wars and the, how the Force works. But at the end of the day, man, you know, Dave Filoni can come out and make it happen, and then I will sit here and just be like, okay, I don't agree with it, but uh, yeah, we're gonna do it. All right, cool. Because that's how I really, <laughs> that's how I felt about the Rise of Skywalker and so many other things, you know, and, and that's just the way. I don't want to be completely closed-minded, uh, but I do believe that there's certain laws that are, um, that are unchangeable. And, and they're going to remain that way for the rest. And I think reviving people from Star Wars is just the wrong way to do it. But I do want to see the potential of, of what all this means. Because there's another character that I think that, ca that, that can become a Darth Maul character. And I think it's Darth Krayt. And Darth Krayt, he's already living. He's already there. He's already there in the story. And how his old story worked, you know, we all know about a shot head. Right? He was, he, was, he was a Jedi, and he survived Order 66. Obi-Wan Kenobi met him. And I think that's another character that should be used, you know, that should have been used in the Kenobi series, is because the potential to plant these seeds so they can grow, and then they can become something else later. Because I think that's what also is so valuable about Star Wars, is you have the beginning, and then you have the future. And the future is not ending for Star Wars. It's gonna keep going. There's always gonna be unlimited stories going forward. There is no reboots whatsoever, and that's why I love this franchise, because it's beautiful like that. And when you have someone like Darth Krayt, you start him there from the prequel trilogy, and then he continuously lives on, because guess what? He's living during the original trilogy. He's training with his master in hopes to become more powerful and defeat 
Palpatine and Darth Vader. And I think when, you know, when he essentially gets out of his training and then he realizes that some guy named Luke Skywalker destroyed Darth Vader and Palpatine, I think that sit, makes him sit there and he's slowly, be, he's just in meditation, doing whatever, plotting for the next stuff. And then you know what happens? Thrawn. And then when the realization of Thrawn, then we have Abeloth. And then you have Abeloth and that story in Thrawn that lead all the way back to the seeds of Ahsoka and Peridia. Because now you're introducing the Mortis Gods. And so that's where I feel like so much of that potential story starts to begin. What is Balin seeking? Is it a portal to Mortis that so many people think? I don't know if portals really exist in Star Wars outside the world between worlds, but I do believe that something is waiting for Balin, and I and I will I'm, and I'm going to die on this hill until it's you know until it's not going to happen, and I believe that it's imprisoned Abeloth. And if Abeloth is there in the story, well then guess what? Abeloth is going to be too strong. Not just Luke Skywalker and Leia and Ahsoka and 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 uh, Sabine now you know and Grogu and all these characters like Jason Syndulla who's probably going to turn to the dark side who I, I think is going to be the next Darth Cadus and that's another story because then you have someone like Darth Crate that enters you know and then maybe uh, Jason Syndulla is kidnapped by Abeloth and tortured which slowly starts him to uh, change his perspective on not just the force but also life he doesn't have a father figure so he starts to struggle just like Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker and Anakin Skywalker and then of course you have enter Darth Krayt who helps Luke Skywalker and the rest of the Force sensitives and then maybe potentially Darth Krayt slowly starts to you know in his own way influence Jason Syndulla to turn to the dark side and become his apprentice. I think there are so many different ways to tell this story in so many different fashions. And the best thing about it is, Star Wars can take its time. There is no timeline, right? In terms of like when the deadline is due, right? When the assignment is due. You can sit here and write these stories for so long. You can make as many characters as you want relevant because not only do you have a clean slate, even the sequel trilogy, you can sit here and tell me like, no, 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 this happens because no, it doesn't need to, nothing needs to happen a certain way just because this movie says you are seeing one angle of one story. Yes, in the Rise of Skywalker, all the people of all over the galaxy come, but it's just one galaxy. It's one side of the galaxy. There are so many other things happening. There are so many other characters being, you know, having choices being made, their stories going out and, and fleshing out. I think this is a fantastic time to just keep writing, you know? Because it's, that should not be your end goal is just one movie like The Rise of Skywalker. It should be further beyond, you know? Like the Dawn of the Jedi movies that are, I'm assuming are going to attach to the new Rey movie. So just keep writing. And that's why, that's why you're always introducing characters. And I think that was one of the strongest points about the Expanded Universe is you had characters. Introduce them, you know? Characters from the Old Republic. Characters from the New Republic, characters from the original trilogy, you know, characters from the prequel trilogy. And that's why I think so many people love the expanded universe is because they found some way to connect all of these dots. For instance, the rule of two, right? You have the first Sith. From there, you have the hundred year darkness because of the war that happened with the Jedi and the dark Jedi. Right? And then, of course, finally you have them being abolished and then sent and then Korriban and then you find the Sith race. 
and everything goes on from there. And then you two-lock cord, you know, uh, oh man, dude, Naga Sadao, Marco Ragnos, you know, all these characters into Revan. And from Revan, you have Bane, and then Bane, so on forth, until you finally get to Palpatine. And then those, all the Sith are essentially the pillars of the entire Star Wars galaxy. And I, and I think even when the Sith are no longer relevant, there still should be Sith hiding and plotting and scheming because that's what they're going to do. And even when they're not face first in front of you telling the story just like the High Republic, they are out there. And there are also Dark Jedi, Fallen Jedi, False Jedi, Bogan Jedi, you know? And I, and I love the idea of that. And I think no matter what, in every corner of the galaxy, you can find a force sensitive that has been around somewhere and started doing terrible things and making wreaking havoc on the galaxy because that is pretty you know that's a pretty big staple of star wars uh and just because there is no skywalker around you know or or is, is around or wouldn't be around i just feel like there's some way in some fashion you can make a character relevant because of what happened in this previous movies because that's what i really believe is that future star wars makes past star wars better so can darth maul <laughs> i know this is a, this was like a huge rant but can darth maul be resurrected from the dead no i don't think so but even if he isn't you can still get so many versions of the story like george lucas sequel trilogy and heir to the empire and i can't wait to see what's gonna happen in the future because man i am so damn excited and it just seems like everything is possible right now with these stories man and no matter what happens no matter what character is alive no matter what character dies you know your boy lord dagavir is going to talk about it and there's only gonna be one place you listen inside the dark temple visited by mera jade luke skywalker and kyle katarn and so many of the force sensitives like yourself i am lord dagavir and you just unlocked the knowledge i'll see you around fam deuces